Where is your dragon? It's a drake. Yeah, it's a drake dick. Either way, where where is your dragon? <laughs> Jesus. I don't know. I guess he's flying to me. Just taking a long ass time. That's good. Is it good? I want him to rain fire on that stupid city. Same. And I want the old farts at uh What's that? What's that brotherhood that Sap is part of? The Knights of the New Moon. I want them to just sit there with their old man cocks out and watch the city burn because they're useless. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome back to the Dicey D20. My name is Noah, Dungeon Master, and I'm joined here by everyone's lovable and favorite players. We have Tyson McKay, the planeswalker extraordinaire. The guy is jumping around the universe, you know, hopping from plane of existence to plane of existence and, and try and find a girl who's willing to put up with that lifestyle, am I right? We have Tyson McKay joining us now. Tyson, how's it going, my dude? It's four in the morning here. It is not <laughs> four in the morning. I need to stop it with this. Okay. I don't know how to tell time. Yeah, he can't read, remember? There's just blurs on the clock. You guys think I'm acting here, but I'm not. We're also joined by Fiaba Mazentrov, the mouse foes, mouse Mouse foes. Yes. We're also... Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> We're also joined by Fievel Mausentrov, the mouse folk beastmaster. Fievel, how is it going, my mouse folk friend? It's three o'clock in the morning here. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Never ends. <laughs> Nah, doing good. Doing good after a nice hunt with the wolves there. I'm feeling quite refreshed. I didn't even wipe the blood off my face. What are you hunting in the woods outside of Malvista? Humans. Butterflies. I was going to say travelers. <laughs> Small children. Right, we're also joined by Chris Cross. Fievel was the Oni. <laughs> <laughs> Who did this? <laughs> you don't remember me violently beating you? No. We're also joined by Dabbledob Doppet. He's a gnome, he's a wizard. Give it up for Dabbledob. How's it going, Dabbledob? It's, uh, it's noon here, so I'm ready to go. Just woke up. We're great. <laughs> well, thank you very much for being reasonable. I appreciate it. We're also joined by Gragrock the Warforged. Gragrock, how are you doing today? Doing great. Ready to go. Let's get this show on the road. All what right. Time is it there? Give me a recap. <laughs> <laughs> we don't keep Tell time me the time, Greg Crock. We don't, we don't keep time. The time is 7.17 in the, in the evening. Whoa. I'll let someone try and figure out what time zones we're all in. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who wants to give us a toasty recap of last session? Anyone aside it. from Gragrock who's farming these XP points? Oh, I've got to catch up somehow. <laughs> I think Fievel should do it. He hasn't done it in a while. Yeah, Fievel, for a toasty 800 experience points, hit me with last session, please. Well, it all started in the fields outside of Malvista. You know, big rat or big, big rat. Shit. I'm a mouse. <laughs> hot, 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 hot. <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners. Big mouse folk out in the fields, you know, waiting for the night to pass. What will I do? I decided to conjure my wolves and make two of them fight. You know, Mufasa was my boy and he ended up losing the battle against Googly Eye. But it's all in the fun of the game. And when I spawn them back, you know, Mufasa comes back just with another scar on his eye. No big deal. Anyway, after that was finished, we decided to go on a wild hunt. 
murdered humans in the surrounding area and uh, passed it back on over to the rest of the group. The rest of the group went on to the whiskey shower. Uh, whiskey shower. shower? Oh, whiskey God. Shower. <laughs> whiskey shower. Whiskey sour like bar there. You know, drinks were bought. Tyson was hitting on some sailors. You know, he. I'm sure he got railed in the washroom or something. It's just... <laughs> Making a lot I, need of to, I need to get Fiona to do more of these recasts. <laughs> <laughs> this is so good. This is all canon, folks. Um, yeah, he came back. We all had some chats, you know, lots of aggression going on from the sailors, but uh, Greg Rock the Destroyer put them back in their place. After that, uh, the group got together and we played some cards. Dice were rolled, and uh, some people won some things, and... Other people lost some things. I guess the biggest prize of the night was when Dabaldob won a big handout and he, I guess, won a contract to two bodyguards. And I guess, uh, you know, one drink, two drink, kind of lose count of things. And he ended up trading his two bodyguards for a nice carpet. Magic carpet, not just a nice one. (laughs) Also had the biggest loss of the night, losing his memory on how to work the thing. Gold threaded and <laughs> anyway, he was he was quite happy about this Aladdin carpet that he just won. And yeah, then the group kind of got together there, and Amara sat down with the group, and she was just about to tell us about our sweet sweet adventure to come. Fantastic! All right, take your toasty 800 experience points. I absolutely love it, Fievel. Uh, nice. Before we begin, do we have any questions, comments, or concerns from the group? I leveled up. You leveled up. Congratulations, yeah. my friend. It's great to hear. We have a level up on the pod, ladies and gentlemen. Look, a, a round of applause to our good friend. I refuse. I'm going to double okay. my height. So, go <laughs> 16 feet? Fuck it. 32. But, left. Not, <laughs> but not your width. <laughs> Just like one of those big pencils you get at Disney World. Yeah, he's no longer a mouse. He's a ferret. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what do you guys think if I went super small and I just, like, hit in Tyson's ear or something like that? You think that'd be fun? Yes. You could be my conscience. <laughs> Jiminy Cricket? You shouldn't do those things. Oh, God. <laughs> Slap him. We have a family. I, I fight Fievel. 1d4 damage. Find a He's chef's dead. hat and I could just pull your hair and move you around. Oh, we could become be the greatest chef in all of Malvista. Right? Yeah, he would have to have any kind of savviness, experience with cooking for that to occur. Mm. I feel like otherwise he's just a small mouse inside your house. Just be, it'd just be cheese on cheese on cheese. I don't, I don't think you just remember Chef Gusto's like slogan there, but anyone can cook, pal. Yeah, Noah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, sorry, I'm in the wrong here, not you guys. <laughs> yes, glad we cleared that up. <laughs> So you're huge right now. What's what's large? Like how big is large? You just like humanoid size? Large would be like nine to twelve foot. Can you come back down to my size? Yeah, I think I'm gonna go back to being mini. I think I'll just alter level per level. You know, make it fun. Okay, gotcha. So for now, you're gonna go from huge to large. No, then you said double up, whatever size you was before. Sh- I'm gonna shrink back down to normal size. Gotcha. So so medium sized. Actually, you're small. So down to small size. Yep. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's it's all it's all your decision, right? I, I just fear that if you had gone in large, I mean, you're still kind of indistinguishable from the from the from the huge mouse folk that you were. 
Hey, that's not me, guys. I'm four feet smaller than that dude. <laughs> it's like, well, you're still a giant mouse, so we're taking you in anyways. <laughs> this is profiling and harassment, and I will stand for it. Yeah, so I'll do that change once uh, things get going. Gotcha. Uh, do you have any other aspects of your level up that you want to share with us? If there's anything I feel I should share, I will. Gotcha. It's just we would typically do like, hey, you got to level up. Tell us no. a little about what you got, right? <laughs> this guy gouged me for my exact health point increase. I just you don't get to, to know. You don't get to, you don't get away scot free. <laughs> yeah, you don't get away scot free. Yeah. Hey now, don't bring <laughs> me into this. Hey now, hey now, hey now. You're a rock star. It's over. Oh, we're singing different songs. Yeah. Yeah, this guy's over here singing Hillary Duff from that movie. <laughs> if it is, good on her. She made a banger of a song. <laughs> I doubt it was her, though. I'm not saying she's talentless, but, I mean, read between the lines. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We just have subscribers. Yeah, the Lizzie McGuire movies in my top ten. All right. <laughs> um, top ten what? Hey Now is movies. From, cra- from Crowded House. A song by Crowded House. Never heard of Crowded House. Definitely a one-hit wonder, I'd imagine, right? Featuring Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> we said Hilary Duff. My God. Oh God. <laughs> Wait, that's her name in the show. I'm just a hardcore fan. I'm sorry. <laughs> a hardcore fan would know her real name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, as per Fiona's request, we're going to move forward with this. So, okay. So last we left off, three of our heroes out of the four with Amara were sitting down at the table and ready to be told about where their quest is taking them next. Fievel had a crazy night out in the wilderness hunting some animals and that's where we're going to get started. Gragrock, Dabbledub, and Tyson, you guys are sitting at the card table in the early-ish hours of the morning, 9 o'clock in the morning, with Amara. The last thing she said was, so, are you ready to hear where we're headed next? You all said yes. Yes, please, God, tell me. Things off. So, that is where we'll begin for today. After a pause, she says, Firstly, I'd like to thank you for meeting me here. The second part of our journey involves traveling southward and into the Tarasun, the Great Sands. That is where we'll be delivering the Drake's eggs. Uh, yes, Can you the Great draw Sands. draw us a sketch of <laughs> casually visited? <laughs> I got my magic carpet. Fuck, I'm riding that bitch into the sunset. God, we'll spend four episodes trying to get that going. <laughs> One and a no, half. No, no, that'll back. be eight. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, we, sh- we need the eggs, I guess, to go d- do this? That would be ideal, Tyson, yes. So Genius. smart. Always, always coming up with the plans here. Are there any questions you guys would like to ask Amara <laughs> right now? Who are we delivering this to? Thank you for asking, Gregrock. We'll be delivering the eggs to a very important individual. VIP didn't really narrow it down for me. You got any more info? <laughs> he is a great warrior, a leader, with great ambition as well. We are to ride south along the trade road until we reach Drime. How long will this journey take? The journey to Drime is roughly a month by the trade road. Oh my god. Let's teleport. Are you kidding Lock me? <laughs> I can get there. I can get there right now, bitch. <laughs> Tyson McKay has never been to Drime. Fiala Mazenshav yes. has never been to Drime. Gragrock has never <laughs> been to Drime. But one of the members of the party, with his extensive 370-year past, has That's me. been to Drime. Who is it? That's me. Dabbledob We're teleporting, baby. Let's go. Years. We haven't been there together. Dabbledob has been to Drime before. Son and actually yeah. spent where... a year in the southern city. So he knows it well. That's where he his kids it. are. 
Well, it was a long time ago. He doesn't know it. I don't know. I don't We're know. bumping and banging year. this bitch. He knows it well. <laughs> gotcha. I'm gonna have Dabble Dog roll me a memory check to see how well he remembers Drime, because if you guys are planning on it, sounds like teleport. You said ride's a strong word. Yes. Oh, we're not riding. We might be teleporting. Whatever you roll, he, he say was there, but He was there a long time ago, and obviously we know Dabble Dog. He's a little bit of a, a little bit of a head case, a little bit of a space case. Uh, Is that where his 19? kids are? Is that where his kids are? Yes. Uh, that, TBD, to be determined. <laughs> kids are all over the vast landscape that we've traversed. <laughs> so, Dabble Dab, you said you rolled a 19, is that correct? Yes, a 19. Gotcha. So, uh, Dabble Dab, you are very familiar with Drime itself. So, the the highest associated number for teleporting as per your spell. Fuck yeah, so we're going to make oh, it there. So no problem. problem. So, I think I should cast it. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I insist. <laughs> <laughs> I've got. Uh, everybody I, always I, says the road less traveled, right? <laughs> I'll uh, I'll speak up and say we're not traveling by road or anything like that. We're just gonna teleport there. So Amara looks to you, dabbled up, and she says, "You've spent time in Drime." Yeah. Who hasn't? Literally everyone <laughs> here. <laughs> <laughs> so she says, "Well, that is good news. Then they will expect us sooner." So well, we don't have to tell them that. Yeah, just I tell want, them. Like, a little, I want a little vacation. Fuck. Tell them a month. We'll get there in three weeks. They'll be impressed. Teleportation is instant. We'll get there in three minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the vacation's three weeks, okay? (laughs) Gosh. Well, it is best that we discuss the plan before we all teleport instantly. And where is Fievel? Doing mouse Is he not here? Probably playing with 64 versions of himself. (laughs) How did you know? No, he's he's, he's outside the city walls. Well then, we'll need to regroup with him first. Why isn't he here? Because he's too big and no one likes him here. So Amara nods, um, just acceptingly, and says, I can see that. (laughs) (laughs) So, we head to Drime first. And then, when we're there, as only one of us has been there before, Drime is a very busy city, and one very different from Malvista, so let's stick together. From there, we'll be heading to Seca, a small village, deeper into the desert itself. We'll be meeting our guide in Seca. How far is oh, it from my. Drime to Seca? That is uncertain. It depends on the time of the year and the season, and on the sands and the and the winds that blow, but typically it's a week's travel. Wait, do I know that area? You've never been to Seca. No. Oh, Risk it. It's a very Let's small, out-of-the-way village. <laughs> Risk it, pocket. <laughs> we give up a sure thing. To go for the more risky option. <laughs> yeah. And probably not make we're, it. We're ballsy like it's that. Like gambling. On. Yeah. You yeah, win some, you lose some. Expert gambler. Uh, expert's a strong word. <laughs> I did pretty good last night, fuck. You have no idea how to use what you won. Expert's a strong word. I would say mean? good at best. No, but I traded two. Like, I still won money. Yes, but you lost memory. <laughs> Dude, who needs fucking memory? <laughs> yeah. Money over memory, buddy. Exactly. Yeah, Let's get a t-shirt made. <laughs> who are you, people? <laughs> Money over memory. So, Amara looks to our adventures at the table and says, Is there anything else you need before we head to Drum? Just the eggs. Take a shit. Yeah, you tell us. What do we need for the journey? For the journey itself? Uh, casks of water, definitely. Especially when we're traversing the desert. But those things we can get in Drum itself. Anything mm-hmm. else we might need for this meeting with a mysterious warlord? Your wits, certainly. You don't want to lose them. This individual is quite powerful, 
and the moves that are made here could change the landscape of the south. Well, I guess that counts you out, Double Dub. Yeah, if we already start with zero wits, how are we doing this? I'll, uh, I'll get you guys there, and I'll say peace out. <laughs> i just put you in my, my pack, and you, you didn't spend the rest of the journey in there. That's fine. Just give me some water and some food, and I'll be good. <laughs> we Two weeks in, we're like, oh shit, we forgot we dabbled up. <laughs> just dead. <laughs> just dead in the bag. So Amara looks to you, and she says, as she shoulders her pack, I'm ready to go. So that's fine, Fievel. Well, we need the but eggs. We get the eggs. From the Rastafarian first. I have them. So oh, she God. points to her pack and she says, I have them already. Don't let Tyson I see the bread. stole them. I did not steal them, Tyson. <laughs> they were given to me for our journey. Alright, I believe it. Let's go. <laughs> Alright, I have <laughs> Okay, Tyson, as long as you're okay with that, then I guess we'll proceed. So she stands with her pack shouldered on her back. She is wearing her traveler's clothes that you guys have seen her in before, her light armor, pulling her hood up and uh, covering most of her head and hair, just leaving her face obviously exposed and looking at you. She looks at the the adventurers and says, So, on to Fievel. On to Fievel. That's how every great story Is there a uh, quick back way out of the city? Uh, It's called Run. Run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you could so uh, shoving people. Yeah, I mean, out of the out of the main gate is how you get out of the city, unless you're gonna fly out or unless you're gonna sail out. We could blow a hole in the wall. You could bl- blow a hole in the wall. This is also true. Yeah, let the Mongolians um, run in. Does she know that we're wanted? Uh, no, she does not currently know that you're wanted. No, mm. she knows that as people were wanted. A lot of people want us, suitors, that kind of thing. You know. True. And we're not talking about your two sailor buddies. <laughs> your name is Gr- 50 experience points. <laughs> Smackdown! <laughs> okay, so Amara is standing and said on to Fievel, and she's waiting for you guys to lead the way. You can oh. choose to do it however you so choose. Like, if you want to... How far to the the gate are we from the, the, the Wisty Sour Show? Uh, you're about an eight-minute walk out of the city. Oh, so like a four-minute run. Let's go. Yeah. I start you running. Run out. Like a five, <laughs> five-and-a-half-minute run. I'm quicker. Sprint. Okay, so you're just starting to sprint, Tyson? <laughs> yeah, dead sprint. Okay, so game. Tyson looks around the table and then sprints out of the sour shark. Those idiots don't know. Last one, there's a rotten egg. It's like <laughs> they're new they at this. Uh, Dabble Dabble and Gregory, what would you like to do? Yeah, well, if anything, the rotten egg is on Fable's ass, so I'm not too worried. <laughs> um, and they can't go anywhere without me, so I don't really care if I'm last. Oh, uh, we long. can. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't don't challenge Tyson to a teleport <laughs> off. I'll do it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> as long as we got Amara, we're fine. All right, let's uh, let's head out. Okay. Okay. So you guys are walking, not running. Uh, maybe we should fly. Yeah, let's fly. Fuck it. We'll go back to the. We'll go out to the alley that's right beside the sour shark. Gotcha. Double so, dab on the shoulders. Amara's going to follow you. Double dab hops up on Gregory's shoulders, and then you're going to cast fly on. Yeah, Amara, we're going to fly because we're we ran into some trouble, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> the guards kind of want us. So uh, well, they want so him, not me. She puts her hand up to her brow and then just shakes her head very slightly. And she says, "Is it serious?" Well, what do you think happens when you try and bring a 16-foot mouse into the city? I don't know. I wouldn't have brought the 16-foot mouse into the city. Yeah, you try to tell him what to do. <laughs> okay, so then I'll meet you outside the city gate then. Well, you should come with us. No, you know what? I'll I'll walk. That's okay. Gosh, she's been safe forever. 
He's going to be a rotten egg. <laughs> okay. So Amara turns and begins to walk out of the city. And as you're walking away, she just says, I'm not the one who's wanted. I'll just, I'll just carry her. She's walking away. Amara, come back! <laughs> she turns the corner onto the street and begins walking towards right. the exit. Fuck it, let's fly. So Dabbledob and Gregory, you guys are going to cast fly and head up into the sky? Yeah. Awesome. Head just to outside the city gates or a little ways down the road? Well, we'll try and spot Fievel. Gotcha. Okay. So Tyson McKay, you are sprinting out of the city and within four minutes you hit the gates. Nice. Record time. One of the guards at the gates as you're running by, you're obviously like kind of pushing people and running around them, says, slow it down there. I don't. Oh, fuck. I run faster. Here we go again. Okay, gotcha. So he <laughs> runs faster out of the city. Tyson McKay, you are now onto the big open road that heads out of Malvista. And a few seconds later, overhead, up in the sky, you can see Dabbledob and Gregory kind of coasting along on the upper drafts using their fly spell. I perception check to see if Amara is there. Uh, yeah, roll me a d20. Seven plus two. Hard to tell. You cannot see. But in, are you continuing to run down this road, or are you going to start walking as you reach the outside of the city? Oh, no, I keep running. He looks up like, oh, a carrier pigeon. Nice. <laughs> okay, so you, can, so you continue to you continue to run, and Dabbledob and Gregory are flying overhead. A few minutes later, as you look back on the trade road, you do see other people obviously walking out of the city, but you do notice Amara. The cloak and the armor is distinctive, and she is walking along the road, just not drawing a lot of attention to herself. Oh, thank God. I won't be a rotten egg. <sighs> okay. Dabbledob and Gregory, you guys are looking for Fievel, you said? Yeah, I mean... Well, I guess he's he's shrunk back down to size by now. He's normal size, correct? Okay, you, so you don't know sixty-four that. ethereal wolves. <laughs> they only last I think I'm for still an connected hour. With those wolves. Them. Okay. How long are you connected with an individual for? I think it's twenty-four, 24 hours. hours. I think. Yeah. Gotcha. So yeah, you ha- you're within the twenty-four hours then, so it's no problem. Yeah. So you can connect with him telepathically, Tyson. I say, Fievel. Hello. Hello. Voices in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Voices. It's me, Baxter. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Fievel's not here right now. Please leave a message oh, after God. the tone. Beep. Frodo said, "One out again." I don't need you. Frodo's my friend now. Who's Frodo? <laughs> Baxter. Come on, if you'd be boys with anybody, it'd be the. Uh... Wow, why am I spit it out? Samwise? No, the little Gollum. Yeah, the Smeagol. Smeagol. <laughs> I don't know how I blanked out his name. <laughs> Let's go whiskey, you got there. <laughs> <laughs> You want another? Well, I guess so. <laughs> Dabbledon's memory's gone. We might as well shake mine, too. That's oh, the beauty of it. Pouring, pouring heavy there. Okay. Yeah, well, it's four, it's 4 o'clock in the morning. So. <laughs> Who works tomorrow, eight, right? 8 a.m. Just here. me. Okay. So, uh, Tyson McKay and Fable, you are telepathically linked, so you can have a conversation and figure out where Fable's at, Tyson. Where are you? I don't know. So many bodies around me. Better not be wolf fighting again. We talked about this. I do it for the money, God. <laughs> money. money from whom? <laughs> the, the spectral coins. The other, the other oh wolves bet. Yeah, it's a, it's a rush. You know, I can't. You're sick. I can't just kick it. You know what, Tyson? You and your your magic. That's that's what you get off on, and this is what I get off on. All right. It's not Tyson. It's Baxter. It's Shut Baxter. up. Bring I know your voice. Check. You're not Baxter. <laughs> uh, thirteen. Well done, yeah, so Matt. Fable, I mean, you can check 20. inside to see if. Yeah. So you know for sure it's not Baxter. <laughs> um, it's it is indeed Tyson McKay. Are you, are you guys going to find out where each other are at? I say, come to the field, you idiot. We need you. I'm covered in blood. Need help. 
Why? <laughs> well, there are humans around, and me and the wolves were on a hunting party, you know? Next thing oh, I know, my. spears were thrown, and I had to protect my own, so things happened. Okay, so according to Fable Maslin Trav, there are dead humans around him. They number three, actually. Apparently just travelers along the trade road who, who took a scare to his wolves, and, you know, one thing leads to another, as he would say. That's yeah. so you know he's bathing in the blood of his enemies. Uh, how how many people did you kill? I can't remember. Oh, God. All I remember was the full moon. We were all howling, and then I woke up, and I'm small again. Okay, are you, you're small again? Yeah, that Jenny yeah. Craig die really works. Okay, well, fly, fly out here, then. We gotta go. We don't have time to deal with this mess. Where, where are you guys? Out in the field. Okay. They are oh. right on the trade road outside of Malvista. Oh, okay, that's I will, I will take off and start flying that direction. Okay, so if you have, you take to the air with your evolution wings that your your mouse folk beastmaster has, and after a few minutes of flying up and out of the woods, you can see the trade road very clearly, <clears throat> and you see Tyson McKay, his indistinguishable figure, on the road itself. A few hundred feet behind him is Amara. And actually, with your keen mouse folk vision, you're able to see something else flying in the sky towards you. God. Do I see him? Come on, I got better vision. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Dope. Level up feel- worth it. Yes. <laughs> As if okay. you have a fly down to me. Okay. I clear the runway. I wait for the guy to signal me down, and I fly down. I get my okay. lights out, and I start signaling. <laughs> All right. So I see this, this flight path? <laughs> yes. Did you see the? No, no. You got to circle a couple times. The runway's in in use right now. Dude, I'm uh, Iron Man. I land on a spot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, Fable G- lands in front of Tyson McKay, whose hands are lit up with magic to guide him down to the trade road. GF one niner, you're clear to land. <laughs> <laughs> Less than a minute later, Dabbledob and Gregory land beside Tyson and Fable, and just a minute after that, Amara arrives. And our whole group is together. So congratulations, you're all outside the city and you're all together. And you weren't hey, detected. Successful. And a hundred experience points to every single member of the team. Wow. She gets Say together more. Amara, the rotten egg. Amara looks at you, Fievel, and she says, you are covered in blood. Yeah. yeah. You sound like a dog. <laughs> you sound like a dog. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it's mine or if it's someone else's. It's she a wild night. She says, are you bleeding from somewhere? I don't know. I started trying to rub off the, the dry blood, but it seems to be stuck on there pretty good. It's tough to tell the difference between callus and dried cheese. <laughs> Egg. <laughs> she looks at Tyson McKay and also at Dabbledob Doppet, and she says, Can either of you please clean him off? We're heading to a heavily populated area. I start spitting on him. I'll just wipe him off. With what? I'm still wearing the the black sheet. <laughs> so you want to have a you want to be a big tall metal guy wearing an ominous black sheet, and you want to have dried blood on it. No, I'll turn it inside <laughs> out. So you want to have the people blood rubbing up against your metal skin. <laughs> well, I don't have a canteen of water. I don't drink the shit. She so. wasn't looking at you. She was looking at the spellcasters who can conjure water. Oh yeah, made sense, but clearly they weren't thinking that. <laughs> well, Tyson wasn't. He didn't give Dabble Dabble. Do you have a spell that could clean this fucking mouse off? Yeah, tidal wave. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I was gonna use. <laughs> uh, but oh, yeah, God. I can. Uh, you have your wand off. of hydrokinesis, right? Yeah. 
Just spawn him a little shower. I can just fuck him up with a tidal wave. <laughs> I'm ready. From where? <laughs> I don't conjure that shit too, fuck. You can you um, conjure uh tsunami, I'll conjure whirlpool. Perfect. Okay, oh, I, could my, I could just lick myself here. Just give me give me five. I'll uh, conjure so water. Fuck. Dab, are you tidal waving him? Is that what you would like to do? No, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> oh come on, it'd be fun. Okay, fuck it, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> You son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> okay, alright. So, Dabble Dub, you conjure a wave of water that crashes down on an area within range. The area can be up to 30 feet long and 10 feet wide. And up to 10 feet tall. I feel like we need to make a dexterity saving throw. God, you're not actually doing this, are you? I hide behind yeah, a mile. A 23. Fiedel, you are not knocked prone, but you're still soaked with water. And the water then spreads across the ground in all directions. Jesus. After it spreads out in an area of 30 feet, the water begins to vanish slowly as it was conjured. You are going to take 2d8 bludgeoning damage from Dabble Dub. You oh, avo- avoided the larger damage and the prone action. But that water does give you a chance to kind of wipe the blood and wash it all off of your fur. And 23 <laughs> travelers die. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good the trade road is never God. used again. <laughs> so, Dabble Dub, can you roll me a 2d8, please? And Fievel, you're able to wash yourself off in the tidal wave. Uh, just a 7. So, Fievel, you take 7 damage from the tidal wave, but most of the blood is washed off of your fur. Worth Sounds it. Good. It was indeed the blood of your enemies and not your own blood. Good to know. Uh, this, this is the, the freshest he's smelled you in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I feel dirty. I start rubbing in the dirt. <laughs> no, bad. Fireball. <laughs> Fireball. <laughs> so, Amara, looking around to make sure that the tidal wave didn't attract too much attention, it did from travelers who are coming out of Malvista at this time in the morning, but they're quite far away, so maybe it wasn't like a, a made a, a lasting impression. No <laughs> witnesses. <laughs> no witnesses. is relatively clean, as clean as a mouse folk who is averse to soap can be, and uh, our heroes are now all together. What is it that you would like to do? Soap? Come on, you know he'd use shampoo. He's covered in the fur. He's averse to cleaning products. Head and shoulders. Better. I'm not sure there is shampoo in this economy. I'm a Tresemme kind of mouse. You'd be surprised. <laughs> I'm a tre- uh. Tresemme kind of mouse. <laughs> L'Oreal uh, says it doesn't sting your eyes, but it does. <laughs> Tresemme all the way. <laughs> I think it's uh, bippity-boppity time, dabble-dub. Let's do, do this thing, baby. the middle of the trade road? Or, or no. Just, just kind of do this. Okay. Right here. Sure. Right, right here. Whoever whoever walks in the in the ten foot radius gets going too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So as per last time that we used the teleport spell, each of our players are going to roll individually. They're going to use the same margins that Dabble Dab uses because it's his spell. And so on target for everyone is going to be twenty five to one hundred. So twenty five is the number to beat. We'll start with Dabble Dab because he is the one who is doing the teleporting. Dabble Dab, can you hit me with your number, please? Fifty seven. So, Dabble Dob is on target and will arrive in its destination. We've got uh, Grag Rock next. Yeah, because I'm his favorite. Okay, sure. 90. Awesome. Oh, Amara, Amara's going to hit a 27. Very, very close to the on oh, target God. number. And now we just have Tyson McKay and Fievel. God, you go. 83. On target. Oh, fuck. Fievel, don't 2. Make it, don't make it, don't make it. 49. That is a that is a pass as well. So everyone above that twenty five threshold, not hard to do when you're very familiar with an area. And because of Dabble Dab's summer abroad in Drime, when he was just a young gnome, he does know the area very well. So all of our heroes within that ten foot space disappear instantly. And hurtling through time and space itself, the teleport spell sends you to the the great walls of the city of Drime. Can I vomit mid 
space ride. <laughs> Roll me a constitution saving throw. Literally and just cleaned yourself up. Under a 10, <laughs> you will vomit. Oh my god. Critical failure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you throw up, and in spite of the fact that you're hurtling through time and space, the throw up just, you know, as you're being hurtled through time and space, Wait. just washes all yeah, over. Yeah, it's like spitting in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> if he wanted to throw up, isn't in that one failing at wanting to do it? We're having him roll a constitution saving throw to being teleported. Yeah, no, failing at throwing up, so he, he poops himself. <laughs> no, no, he does, he does throw up all over himself. Heroes, adventurers, fellow players, you reappear in time and space. Some of you on your feet, others on your hands and knees after being hurtled through time. Fievel, hands and knees and covered in vomit. <laughs> all right, let me get that it spell note again. It is an immediate <laughs> tidal wave. <laughs> <laughs> what a doozy of a day <laughs> the desert's never seen a tidal wave so the first thing that is apparent is that it is blindingly bright here as opposed to the northern city of Malvista the sun is quite bright and so as you first appear you're putting your hands over top of your eyes trying to shield your eyes from the sun but the my arid heat on. is but the arid heat is the next thing that you notice it is immensely hot and those of you who are covered in fur, obviously feel yourselves starting to get warm quite quickly. Others who are made of metal and don't notice, don't notice. But even for the human beings, it seems like the very air you breathe hurts the lungs slightly with the heat that it brings. Uh, this is my type of place. Love I it. feel nothing. The next thing that you notice underneath your feet and some of you in your hands as you land on your hands and knees is that you are currently standing atop or kneeling atop of sand. Uh, and the sand is quite hot, having been exposed in the sun. As your vision kind of returns and adjusts to the new ambient light that surrounds you, you find yourself looking at massive sandstone walls with large holes and ports in them for the guards to walk behind and look outside of the city. It is an expansive wall, nearly a kilometer in width that you stand in front of. And up in the distance above Drime, you can see a secondary wall and even a tertiary, so a third wall behind that, each height rising as it goes for the walls behind the initial one and a fourth and, and fifth distance, wall behind those oh, in the distance as well God. you can <laughs> in the middle is a skyscraper <laughs> in the distance you can see massive towers towering hundreds of feet into the air with large copper roofs and crescent style arches and banners that hang from these massive towers themselves. There are dozens of them all scattered through the city, but one that seems to appear directly behind uh, the large gate of Drime. It is said that all vessels lead to Malvista, but that all roads lead to Drime. The city borders on the Norian forests, and as well as on the Terrasun sands. The vast walls are made of that red sandstone, and those omnidirectional towers, of course, rise out of Drime, seemingly keeping watch over the sprawling city that is typically just one story. So opposed to how Malvista is built upon a, a, a walled hill, Drime is built on the sand, so it is all one story aside from these very large towers. And there are also big rock outcroppings which seemingly erupt from the sands that kind of flow around them. Our heroes are outside this big walled gate and it's up to you as to how you would like to proceed. Oh, you can teleport like us inside, eh? all this? Is there a plaque that says all this? Yeah, yeah you guys teleport right in front of the plaque. These are the walls of Troy. <laughs> the sands look like this. The towers look like this. <laughs> Built on sand. All roads lead here. Okay. I can't read. That's a little backstory on the area. <laughs> I just know. Just, I thought it was... Just yanking your chain. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. You know how many whiskeys I've had? Uh, no, you know what? You're in drive. That's all you need to know. <laughs> just have fun. <laughs> Let's roll with it. 
lead the way, Dabble Dab. You seem to you should know the way. I offer my. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming. Wait, is Dabble Dab on my one shoulder still, or, is, or did he's he burn on there? Dismount. No. Yeah. No. Is Fievel look like he's struggling? Fievel looks like he struggled yeah. more than anyone else on this teleportation trip. He's covered <laughs> in vomit. He's all on on all fours. He's always struggling. Should I should I offer to give him my my blanket? Sure. If what color like is it? Black. Fuck the albedo on that thing is non-existent, pal. I'm not taking that. All right, all right. I'll put it back on. Okay, so Amara looks to everyone and seemingly like a like a chaperone counting individuals on the school trip. She counts all the members of the party, taking a sigh of relief. She then juice. looks at Fievel. She wrinkles her nose up as the smell of his vomit is overpowering. It's just aged cheeses, just all melted together and then vomit and human vomit. flesh. <laughs> She looks to Dabbledub and then says, Tidal Wave. Oh. Oh, she's like, is she serious about that? Just use your wand of hydrogenesis and spawn water on him. Yeah, the guy, I mean, you guys are going into a big populated city. The guy's covered in vomit. He smells atrocious, and he's probably not going to be let in. This time it's not his size, but just rather the smell that accompanies him that would be the problem. <laughs> the racist everywhere. Just, Damn it. Yeah. I just... What do you, what do you think's more probable, Fievel, that everyone's racist and everyone's against you, or that maybe you're in the wrong some of the time? <laughs> yeah, everyone's probably the first thing. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, then you do you, buddy. <laughs> we'll uh, just conjure some water. Fuck it. Had do so it. much fun last time. Yeah, but we're also <laughs> guests here. Fuck Malvista. <laughs> oh. Okay, so... Uh, Come on, it's a desert. They, they would pay to see a tidal wave. Hold out my hat. <laughs> I hold out my hat. Come to the amazing water not show. A, no, <laughs> no, I know. Just, absolutely just, not. Just, just splash me with some water. Yeah, spit on it again. That's what I'll do. Smell. <laughs> okay, so you're gonna conjure the ten gallons of water and kind of drop them on him. Yep. Okay, gotcha. So Double Dub casts Conjure Water, and ten gallons of water splash down onto Fievel and then soak into the sand. Perfect. Immediately, right. a cactus spawns. Okay, Fievel, you're 9 out of 10 clean. Nice. Still the best clean he's ever been. Is there, like, a crock stand around here? Like, I don't want my paws getting all burnt. A crock stand? Sorry, a what? <laughs> you know, crocks? Yeah. You know. Crocs. The rubber sandals? Oh, he means those. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's not a crock stand. <laughs> First, he was asking if there was like a croc stand, like a place you could buy crocodiles at a stand. And I was like, uh, no. <laughs> you got any uh, crocodile skin sandals or? No, but I'm sure that inside Drime you can find a pair of sandals if you so choose. Look to Tyson, I see. Carry me. All right, get on, buddy. Hop on his back and hold on to his oh, like your so forehead, weird. just above his his eyelids. Okay. Gotcha. What would the team like to do now? And what, drip ice cream on his head like a small child? <laughs> vomit. Vomit would be <laughs> I'm getting motion sickness. Oh, a little leftovers, walk. my bad. Are we going inside? Yeah, let's head towards the city. So as you guys begin to walk towards the city of Drime, Amara says, be careful. Drime is infamous for pickpockets and thieves. We're I have a solution to pickpockets and I pull out my axe. Yeah. Okay. Amara looks at you and she says, okay. That being said, just be vigilant for pickpockets, okay? We're going to be heading to the Black Flagon. She clearly hasn't heard about my Hawkeyes. Uh, can Great I hop on uh, Greg's shoulders? Yeah, I leave that up to Greg. I'll let him decide whether or not you're... Yeah, yeah. Of course. The usual. Oh, wait. 
I won't get pickpocketed because I'm like seven feet in the air at that point. Sounds good. All right, so our adventurers are heading towards the big gate of Drime. There is no large wooden doors, but rather just above this massive archway, a large iron spiked gate, which can be lowered rapidly in times of trouble. And outside the city of Drime, it appears that the less desirables, so the ultra-poor, or perhaps those who don't have lodging within the city, seem to reside. Small sticks prop up sheets that rest above them, and many of them have pottery pots sitting out in front of them, demanding any kind of payment or any kind of uh, handouts from anyone who enters the city. Work for your coin, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that was a fiable line right there. No, no, he he would... uh... He loves I am a peasant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah want you, fought, you fought for your freedom in the pits. <laughs> oh. Let's dig a pit and right. make them fight for their freedom. <laughs> dig a pit in the sand? <laughs> yes. I'm seeing some business opportunities here, boys. Are you walking past the beggars? Not going to pay them anything? Yeah, I'm not paying them. I kick any that get needed. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> Okay, so heading through the gate, there are guards there. They are dressed in robes uh, with steel plates that cover most of the chest, the shoulders, the legs, but most of their garment is made for quick and decisive movement, as opposed to like a big bulky set of armor. It's just meant to protect vitals, but keep the body obviously cool and able to move. Steel plates? That's gotta be hot. They're frying egg on those bad boys. Well, underneath those steel plates is cloth. Mm. Give me one of the eggs. (laughs) Okay. Uh, as you approach, you are really the only individuals entering Drime at this point. There are some who are locals who are uh, exiting the city, but not many. Two of the guards step forward. Their halberds cross each other's, and one on your right-hand side says, State your business as you enter Drime. We have a meeting. Just here for the fine cheese. <laughs> so as everyone begins to list reasons why they're coming into Drime, they pick on Gragrock's reason, and they say, Passing through to where? The other side. Yeah, southern territories. <laughs> so, uh, they look at each other and raise their eyebrows, and then Amara says, We have very important business inside the city of Drum. Perhaps we'll make our way south and see some of the sights. But that is it. Why didn't Amara answer from the start? Because you guys all piped up. <laughs> the men <clears throat> uncross their halberds and say, It is ten gold pieces to enter the city. I this is all my... Yeah, hold on, hold Fuck. on. Fuck. Total or per person? (laughs) (laughs) So Amara quickly loosens her pouch at her side and hands ten gold pieces to the uh, guard who is speaking. She then walks past the guards, and they seem to have no problem with it. She turns back, and she says, pay the men. Oh, it's each. Son of a bitch. To take eggs? Even the guards are thieves. The guard looks at you, Fievel, shakes his head very slowly, and then looks to the rest of the group. Can I try and... They do do not take eggs. (laughs) Can I, try and <laughs> can, I, can I offer you an egg in this trying time? <laughs> so anyways, I came out blasting. And I, and I suppose my aim wasn't very good, so it's a good thing I had both the guns. <laughs> so I'm just firing from the hip, right? The guy was obviously very scared, so it's a good, it's good news for me. Anyways, I don't see so good, so... <laughs> I'm going to try and persuade them to let us in for free. All right. Speak, and then roll me your persuasion check, please. I say, gentlemen, ten coins for all of us and we'll just let this slide you know oh and then i roll oh baby not nat 20 the guard looks at you tyson and he says you are newcomers here so let me spell it out for you it's 10 coins each please spell it out for me i can't read (laughs) (laughs) 
The one guard looks at the other one, and then this is the one on your left-hand side talking now. If you cannot read, how would spelling it out make it any easier? I stare at him quizzically. That's it. We, we do not need to let you in the city. You're more than welcome to stay out here with the vagrants and the poor. You're a vagrant. Are you saying that to the guard? <laughs> As I said it, I realized I didn't want to say it. <laughs> no, I Are say... Are you saying it? <laughs> no. <laughs> I say, come on, first time free of charge. Can I roll again? You can. Oh, that's even higher. 24. I don't have time for this. You can come in, but your friends must pay. Alright, I did what I could, guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, see you guys later. I, I head in okay. by yeah, tomorrow I before they change their mind. I right. say take my dirty mouse money and I... You know what? No. I'm not going to give it to them in gold. I'm going to give it to them in copper. Yeah. <laughs> have fun playing this in your pockets, boys. And then I walk by. Okay, so Fable pays in copper pieces. Uh, that just leaves <laughs> Dabbledob and Gregory to pay the entrance fee. I'll pull out... He's on my shoulders, right? I'll pull out 20 and hand it to the man and walk past. Okay. Thanks, big guy. So our group makes it into the city of Drime. Congratulations, by the way. 50 <clears throat> experience points to every single member. It's a and struggle. Now, Amara says to you, Some things are just done, and other things are legal. In Drime, you'll find it's the former. Well, I don't know what so you're talking we, about. Are we past the pickpocket zone? Because, fuck, those guys are charging 10 gold to get in. I sure hope so. <laughs> Is that the pickpockets you were talking about? <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, the pickpockets are up ahead. Oh. Bribery is another matter, and we may not even be done with that yet. So, Amara continues to lead past the first gate and into the second, which is even larger, along either side, by the way, in between first and second gate and first and second wall. You can see large scaffolds that are built up behind the initial wall itself, so that all along the, the way of that wall where you see all those, uh, those small circular openings, those arrow slits, you can see that there are scaffolds built on each and every tier, so that the city of Drime can be defended quite effectively. Here, there are even more layabouts, and some individuals who can pay for entrance to the city of Drime, where understandably it's a little bit safer than being outside the city, and past that second wall, a third and final, until eventually you're inside the city of Drime itself. The streets are some parts sand uh, that is kind of swept in through the city, and most parts solid sandstone in large blocks. And the walls that you find yourselves looking at around are not overly tall, most of them being 20 to 30 feet in height, but everything level oh on that one story. There are shops that kind of spill out onto the streets, it seems, with large tables with wares of different merchants. And as you walk into the main street, or the main section of Drime here, the large corridor passage, which seems to be kind of the center of hub and trade, you notice that a good amount of the, the stores seem to have different fruits, uh, but actually mostly nuts in their displays for individuals to buy, with small little signs above each different section of nut or fruit uh, or different kinds of food, but nuts seem to be predominantly the, the item of choice. So double job, you fit right in. I always fit right in. Come on. The streets are indeed bustling, with men, women, and many children as well, all dressed in seemingly thin and loose clothing to stave off the heat. And the storefronts are many. Some stores themselves are actually down alleyways with these tented wooden poles uh, sticking up out of the, the rock and the sand, holding these tenting above the areas to give some shade to the merchants and their wares and their buyers as well. What is it that you would like to do? I'm assuming Amara knows where we're meeting this fellow. Yes. 
so hold nice. on. Fievel wants some new clothes. I want to fit in with the locals. Okay. So, Fievel, you look to the left of the street and then the right. On the right-hand side, two where uh, are stores down, you see a merchant selling uh, all manner of clothing. So some luxurious robes seem to be inside his actual store in the sandstone oh. building, but others like waist cloths, bandanas, sandals, and other types of weather-appropriate clothing are available for purchase. I think a nice robe would be be good. Yeah. There okay. are exotic colors available in Drime. Everything from wow. like dark, lustrous purples to bright navy blues. Even some clothing that's white with silver or gold threading. Pretty much a piece of clothing for every kind of budget. Okay. Uh, maybe it's a bad idea because I don't want to get pickpocketed. They'll think I'm rich. Uh, just get yeah. rags. <laughs> yeah, let's go with the lower rags. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, There's can, a potato sack in the corner. Yeah, you can choose like a rugged <laughs> a rugged matte brown colored cloth, darker brown, which is obviously less expensive, some whites and cream colors as well. You don't have to get anything too fancy if you don't want to, but there are many individuals who wear fancier and brighter colored clothing. It's not like everyone just wears like poor people's clothes, right? Okay. Go, go light tan with a brown cloak and you'd be a Jedi. Mm-hmm. Down. <laughs> All right, I go to the, the shopkeep there and I say, how much for the, the rags and stuff in the, the back there? So the woman you meet who is running the shop has uh, light brown skin with crinkles and Reese's. R- crinkles and Reese's, Jesus Christ. Reese's Pieces? They got Reese's Pieces in here? <laughs> fucking whiskey hidden. <laughs> <laughs> like whiskey. What do you think I held off on the nuts pour? I was like, man, I need a couple minutes. Get yourself another pour, buddy. Okay. So, Fievel, the woman who is keeping shop here is older, looking to be in her late 50s or early 60s. She has light brown skin with wrinkles and creases on her face from smiling, it looks like, just like laugh lines, I suppose, and some crow's feet at the side of her eyes. She wears a, She wears a very <laughs> elegant-looking bright baby blue robe that is loose-fitting and very clean-looking, and some very nice-looking sandals with opals at her feet. Wow. So she looks to you, and you asked her, hey, how much for the least expensive stuff? Oh, but my friend, Mm -hmm. for someone of your stature, I'm sure something bright and red or blue would look amazing on you. Oh my gosh, she's a color artist. All right. Like this, perhaps, she says, as she pulls out a red cloak that is fitted for someone of a smaller stature, and she says, and with a black pair of boots or sandals, it would look just lordly. Wow. You know me so well. You know what, I'll... Where's the change room? I'll go try it on. In the back, behind the curtain, dear. Okay. I, uh, there, uh, I grab it <laughs> from her and I I go try it on. Okay. So a few minutes later, Fievel comes out and it's like you guys are looking at a whole new mouse. We're talking makeover worthy. Okay? He comes out in these, these bright red and lustrous robes which seem to glimmer in the sun almost. And there's a silver clasp that holds the robe together at his chest. Oh um, she then points towards a rack of different boots and shoes, and it looks like there are some nice, like, cross-hatch fitting sandals that would look very good on you. Yeah, I take a pair, and I go to the group, and I'm like, guys, what do you think? A tear falls down my my face. It's like, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> okay. Say, so I hope you're not paying tax since you're shopping in the children's section. <laughs> I am. <laughs> so, the the woman says, Perfect. And would you like a set of more rugged clothes, perhaps for your, your journeys? You appear to be an adventurer. Yeah, hey, you know what? Right through you. Yeah, s- slap them on. You know, I could use use uh, use clothes for fancy events and for looking like a rugged mouse folk. 
So she pulls out a set of leather armor, which is tanned and 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 more like a like a camouflaged armor in in that sense. It seems to be a meld of like the red sandstone that you'll find inside Drime, but also of the sands itself. It's made of multiple pieces of leather that are stitched together with more roominess in the the, the joints, so in the shoulders and the elbows, in the wrists in the knees and of course in in the crotch as well so that obviously your vitals are protected by the leather uh, but it's very very easy to, to to move around okay yeah i'll take it for the red set in the sandals five gold but for the the armor itself it'll be 10 so 15 altogether my child give her give her 17 quick little tip for her as well you know she was very helpful okay so she bows deeply to you and she says may the gods be with you which i believe in talos <laughs> Kill him, she yells. <laughs> Skyrim is for the Nords. <laughs> I'm joking. She 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 nods at you and smiles and she says, Enjoy drive, traveler. Before I leave I say, is there any cheese carts in the area? And I say it very like lightly and kinda of look around. Of course, dear. Just down the way you'll find more foodstuffs near the center of the city. Awesome. I, uh, I thank you, and I walk out of the store. Okay. In your pack, you have the additional armor, but right now you're wearing your red and lustrous robes, and you look more so like a noble or a lord walking in the city, not like the common rabble. Wow. A noble. <laughs> it's made a common rat. <laughs> Anything else that our travelers would like to do at this particular store, or would we like to continue moving forward? Take a, take a quick look around. Any of these shops, tents... Look like they, you know, house enchantress, <laughs> enchanters, enchantress, Entra- enchantresses. Yeah, sure. No, not currently. These appear to be more common stuffs. Sure. Well, let's wait till we get to the good shit. Okay. So Amara looks to you, Fievel, and she says, "It's quite a dapper look." Thanks. Yeah. Glad to see some people notice the finer things. I'm just, you know, new city, new me. No more. No more bathing in blood and puke. A new mouse. Why were you bathing in those things? I didn't have a choice. All right. Uh, So Amara continues to lead the way into Drime. And the further you get into the city, the more uh, of its people and the more of the architecture you see. As you continue down this this main road of Drime, the road opens up to nearly double its width. People are bustling and moving uh, about at great speeds. The pace of Drime seems to be almost double that of Malvista, so not as um, not as lazy as it were. The individuals in the in the city cer- certainly hustle to make their livings, and it's a it's a faster paced environment for sure. Moving into this larger area, you come across a large fountain uh, which has the statue of a of a warrior, kind of a circular shield in one arm and a spear in the other. The water drips down from his like actual head through a hole in the in the statue itself, so the water kind of covers. But there's also jets of water which seem to be uh, pushing up and out of the fountain as well. It's quite wide with almost seven or eight feet of width on each side or radius on each side of the statue in the center. Let's bring it down. (laughs) Do we have to get kicked out of every city we go into? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's why I didn't do a tidal wave, fuck. So Amara looks to all of you and Fievel in his new getup and says we were to meet our contact at the Black Flagon but I can go there and let them know to have our contact meet us. We're obviously ahead of schedule as we teleported here, but once I send word from there, they'll get in touch with us when someone is ready to greet us and carry us on to Seca. Sounds good. It's nearly midday now. 
Can we meet back here in a few hours? Three, to be, three to be exact, yes. Sure. Uh, before you go, do you know of any enchantress or enchanters in the city? I do not. This is my first time to Drime. I have not been here before. Gosh, we're traveling with a rookie. I thought she had all the answers. No. I know where the Black Flagon is. I know where other very important parts of Drime are, as per our mission. But as far as enchantresses, I do not know. Mm, bummer. Okay. Amara begins to walk away and disappears in the crowd quite quickly, uh, moving deeper into Drime and towards the Black Flagon, a tavern where she is to meet uh, and send on word to a contact that they have here. What is it that you would like to do? Is there like a spot of shade we can wait in? <laughs> sure. Any of the stores to the right or left have large tenting, uh, large sheets, uh, canopies that extend out onto the street to recover from, the obviously, the heat. Let's go there and devise a plan. All right. I think we dig the pit 10 feet deep and 10 feet wide, and we could fit uh, quite a few prisoners down there. I like it. Who's got a shovel? <laughs> Oh my Fibble, you're, you're handy with pits. Yeah, getting out of them, not yeah. making them. <laughs> no, no, he made them. He, he also just fell in them. Okay, so Gragrock has suggested that we move into the shade to devise a plan, is what I hear you saying? I need to sundown. Yeah, just for what we're going to do for the next couple hours. Gotcha. So Dabble Dabble, I mean, you can stand outside of the, the tented area, the shaded area, if you want to get some sun on you. Yeah. But Dabble Dabble, this is very reminiscent of your time in Drime as a younger gnome. The city, if anything, seems bigger and a little bit more more lawful now than it did when you were here in, in previous years. Yeah, I, I miss the old city, to be honest. It was much more freeing. Freeing, uh, you know, means he used to run naked through the streets. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Back in my day, you could run through drive naked, no one cared. <laughs> <laughs> He's out on the street like, ask me about my winner! <laughs> ask me about my winner! <laughs> okay. The good old so days, our, our group. Man. Our group is in the tented area, and some of us getting some sun outside of it. I now leave the discussion up to you guys. What would you like to do? I'll turn to Fievel and ask, to, uh, whatever happened to Chomper? Does he, does he know where we got off to? I can't speak with him because he's too far, but we have like a sense of where each other are, and he, he knows which way to fly, so eventually when he gets into okay, so he's on. Uh, contact... Yeah, once once he gets into contact, I don't know how long he'll be, but I'll be able to communicate with him, and I'll know right away once he gets close by. Just wanted to make yeah. sure we weren't so, uh, dragging down, you know. No, no, he there's no rush. He's he's just enjoying the airs and flying around, making stops on the way. It doesn't it's not a huge priority for him to get back. He's his own beast. All right. So what do you guys want to do for three hours? You want to explore or just wait it out? Mm. To be honest, yeah, we can just wait it out. Okay, Double Dobbs waited out. What, what did you guys say? Yeah, we, so could. we could just walk around and get a feel of this, the city a little bit. I don't know. Dump. I don't really like not knowing what's inside the city. Just just a quick walk around, and then we could wait the rest. Okay, we do a quick walk uh, around. We could pay one of those beggars, and they could just give us a quick tour. That seems like a terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> and here's where I puke my guts out every morning. <laughs> 
Usually I drink my glass back in every more every <laughs> afternoon. Or thanks Actually, for that gold not. piece. I'll lead you to my friends where they'll beat you up. <laughs> It's actually uh, kill them. just inter- interesting. Yeah, I mean, you guys are pretty powerful. Um, <laughs> there's actually not much alcoholism in the city of Drime, but there is another stimulant which is widely used. Ooh, booger sugar. No, not booger sugar. Come on, the place is covered in sand. You, you tell me they don't do a little booger sugar? They don't snort sand up their nostrils, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> that's not what I'm asking. <laughs> you know what booger sugar is. <sighs> Those candy it might sticks. be longer than three hours, though. No, it's it's that pipe thing that everyone sits around and social. I forget what it's called. A hookah? A hookah? <laughs> yeah, that's a hookah. Yeah. There are, there is pipe smoking, the form of water pipes like hookahs, but no, Gasp. that was not what I was referring to, but it's okay. You guys are more than welcome to explore the city if you want Ooh. to, or just hang out for the three hours. I need to buy no, no. some more herbs. Oh, Gotcha. Okay, uh, so we'll do a walk around and see what kind of shops this place has. Sure, sounds good. So you're going to continue to walk deeper into Drime? Is that where the, the good shops are? Uh, that'll be where more of the more established shops are. There are less so pop-up shops. We head there. So walking down the city streets of Drime, children run and weave in between individuals. There seems to be more of a dark elf presence in Drime than there is in other cities. As you see, more than, more than three or four individuals on the road who are dark elves. As you're walking along, one of the most popular shops, it seems, at least just by the traffic of individuals who are in and around, and it seems to be almost, it takes up double the width of one of the normal shops, so it seems like it's a shop that has expanded into the shop space next to it, is a place called the Betel. It is a shop entirely composed of different varieties of nuts and all different hues from reds to oranges to, to more browns and, and, uh, and even nuts that are greenish in terms of their color. And there are actually tables of individuals who are wrapping nuts in leaves and lots of money changing hands here. Yeah, I don't think we're looking for the nut house. Gotcha. It's not the nut house. It's called the Betel. But as you, miss out a great nut house. <laughs> as you continue to move along... On the left-hand side of the street, Dabble Dab, you do see a shop of spices and herbs, which seems like it's there's a there's a partition for more so cooking spices, but there also seems to be an herb shop associated with it. Perfect. I'm gonna go in there. Gotcha. So as you head into the uh, shop of spices and weeds, a gentleman who is tall and thin with dark brown skin. He's fairly young and bald, and he wears uh, white robes that appear to be quite clean. Greets you by bowing and says, Welcome, sir, to the Desert Weed. Uh, thank you. Do you have any mellow herbs that I can smoke in my pipe? I have dozens of herbs to smoke, sir. Of course. Please follow me this way. He heads to the back of the shop, where along the sandstone wall there are boxes that are nailed into the wall, and those boxes all have uh, labels on them, and then pouches, uh, pouched in like a hemp sack for each one, of various smoking herbs. They all have different names, like Desert Knight, Windstone, and others. And there are even like a, a small open box uh, that you can see where you can actually like touch and feel what the herb smells like and what the consistency is like. He says, when you smoke, sir, is it more of a relaxing experience or is it for stimulation? Um, well, I usually do a bit of both, but I'm looking for just relaxing. Perfect. Well, then I would suggest this nightshade here. It's lulls the user into a very calm and happy state, though I will warn you it is said if it's smoked too excessively. Those who do so have been known to drift off into sleeps that last much longer than is natural. That's totally okay with me. (laughs) Fantastic. And will you take an ounce 
of the weed, sir. Would you prefer a smaller portion? Uh, no, I'll take an ounce. Fantastic. Well, thank you, sir. That will be 12 gold pieces. And is there anything else that you would like to purchase while you wait for me to package it? What's another one that you, to make what's my another one that you recommend? Kind of like halfway in between. Mmm, certainly. Well, there are a couple different mellow or moderate weeds that I would recommend for pipe smoking. Now, one of them will need to be smoked at a higher temperature, so you'll need a stronger source of flame than is normal, not just a regular match. I got you, buddy. Your fire? <laughs> yep. Didn't say just show him a little burnt flame. Maybe I'll stick with something that I can just still light with a match. Fair enough. Well, something with a lighter match, I have vigor weed, which is known to give a, a pleasant stimulation to the mind, heightens the senses ever so slightly, and results in a small, slight tingling of the fingers and extremities. Oh, I like that. I'll, uh, I'll take that too. So the nightshade and the vigor and anything else, my friend? No, that'll be everything. Two ounces of the weeds will come to 23 gold pieces. I will hand him the money and say thank you very much. So, uh, Dabbledob, you now have an ounce of vigor weed and an ounce of nightshade. And with the small notes that come inside written in common, there's like a, a note that's attached to the outside of the, of the, the hemp bags. Vigor weed, it even gives like a small description of the weed. And the nightshade does have a disclaimer on it saying that one should not smoke to excess. Sounds good. So for grabbing yourself some desert weeds, my friend, I'm going to hand you 150 experience points. There are also very pretty looking pipes of all different sizes and varieties, both in terms of stem lengths, but also the material in which the pipe is constructed and actually the grip and the handle on the pipes themselves. You're more than welcome to kind of look through the varieties of them if you wish. I think I'm pretty happy with my bone one that I got. No problem. Just wanted to throw it out there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Maybe next time. So the group is hanging out outside of the desert weed and Dabble Dab walks his way out, pouching or putting into his pockets two different pouches of, of weeds. What would you guys like to do next? Uh, what other shops do we see? If you are to continue down the road about another 100, 150 feet, it seems like it opens up into a massive circular area, similar to a city square, just in terms of it being a central hub, but that seems to be where the most established and older shops of Drime are. It's prime location, prime territory, ones that have been there for hundreds of years. Yeah, uh, yes, have, prime like, Drime. Can we... Prime drive is what they call it. There are signs, are. but you are you're 150 feet away. If you wanted to investigate closer, you can obviously walk down there if you want. I'll walk in. I don't know if they want to follow. Is everyone following along? Oh yeah, and sure. I keep an eye on my pockets. Yeah, pull out a dagger just in case. Twitching mouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they grab something, they lose a finger. <laughs> it's the only noble who's in there, like. Come near me, I'll cut you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get who's close to me. Back off. <laughs> Just like walking around like with a knife. Who is that from Futurama? The oh, Roberto. I'll stab you and I'll kill you. You can help me rob this bank. And so I watched Futurama all the way through again. Like I think it was a half or two months ago. It was super fun. Anyways, I digress. Moving into the large, expansive city circle within Drime, another massive fountain this time with multiple different individuals, all heroic, and others that are more animalistic or representations of creatures of the, of the city, or, or rather of the desert, um, are portrayed there as well. Do we know any of these? Have we heard tales of any of these? You can look through them if you so choose of the individuals or the creatures themselves. 
just the yeah the, the big statue like are they the individuals they folklore that we've heard of the individuals no the creatures themselves one near the center and at the the highest peak appears to be that of a rock so a large winged bird that is known for its territorial nature and also for its large nesting up on peaks but rocks are known to come down from mountains and hunt within the deserts themselves. One that seems to ripple and move up and down, so so it you know it it'll have like a hunch that comes out of the water, then down back into the water, then up, then down and up and out again. A leviathan-looking creature uh, that looks very similar to a worm, and it has multiple rails of spikes along the the hard, scaled-looking body and a large gaping mouth, which kind of overflows with water that just kind of drips from the lower jaw. We're going down with the Is that where we fought in that one secret place that we we never mentioned? <laughs> it is not. <laughs> it is not that it thing not. that you mentioned to each other. Undoubtedly, one of the, the shop fronts or storefronts that seems to catch your eye the most with lustrous gold writing written on the sandstone is called the Golden Scimitar. And there are wares of different daggers and knives, like smaller pieces that are out and about on the street, but a very large and expansive tented area outside, and a very wide and open large archway uh, with lots of airspace inside of it as well. A shop for very expensive looking wares and weapons. Yeah, well, it's always nice to check out the, the local weapon wares. He's an addict. He's an addict. <laughs> I'm a weapons master. You don't think I'm going to look around the weapons shop? <laughs> so glass display right. cases house suits of armor. Different glass cases with red felts and purple felts show very unique looking swords, axes, and spears. Racks along the walls house bows and other types of ranged weapons as well, like crossbows too. And then upon actual mannequins themselves, some hold shields that are like strapped to the hand of the mannequin and other weapons in their hands with sets of armor or cloth clothing. Okay, so I've been in Bogus Battle Branch shop many times. Does this seem on par, greater than? It seems like there's a greater attempt at showmanship and mm-hmm. at like displaying and, and, and showing these quality. weapons. Oh, the quality appears to be quite strong as well. These don't appear to be regular weapons by any means. Many of them look like unique pieces. Now there are common, more common weapons that you'd imagine, like on tags you can see a great sword with a plus two variant or, or a set of armor that has a plus one plate, but then there are more unique pieces obviously guarded and kept uh, much more secure that look more expensive and on par or greater than Bogus's. Okay. Uh, anything that uh, catches my eye, calls out to me, streams my name? Tyson so in the corner screams out Greg Rock. <laughs> is, your, is your eye more so drawn to armors? Is it drawn to greater weapons? Is it drawn to smaller weapons? Yes. <laughs> Give me a zone that you're I'm a weapons at. master. All of the above. Well, yeah. Bodies didn't have much in the way of armor, so let's, let's take a look at those. What do they got that's special? Uh, one of the sets of armor that definitely seems unique or at least different or a variant on what is shown, which is a lot of plates and a lot of cloth, is the Briarnot Armor of Obed High. It is set up on a mannequin itself. It is a, a mannequin that is without clothing aside from this armor. It is a brooch that looks like a fetish of leaves, twigs, and flowers that can be affixed to clothing. So it seems to sprawl out on the chest like an ornamental set of, of like living material. The little tag on it has the name the Briar Knot Armor of Obed High. And when the command word is spoken, which isn't stated on the, the, the little piece of parchment itself, the armor is said to cover your body and become a form form fitting armor of thorny thorny vines. That's it? There's no more info on that? Correct. That, well that's just a small little description on the tag. Okay. Seems kinda of cool. 
Anything else that catches my eye? There are two other sets of armor that do stand out among the rest. The first uh, is entitled Chitin Mail. It is a chain mail made of spiked and uh, more demonic looking, or at least demonic etched chains. The note on the tag says that you can telepathically animate these chains, unfurling them to lash out at your enemies. Oh, that's cool. The other one is called the Energizing Armor. It is a full set of plate mail with blunt spines that are protruding from odd parts of it, and the jagged line designs stimple into the limbs and chest. It states that when the wearer is dealt certain times of damage, they heal for an amount equal to the damage dealt. Oh, that's really cool. Alright, I mean, I don't really have the coin for any of this, but I just wanted to know what kind of stuff they had. Gotcha. Anything else that catches the eye? Shields, swords? I mean, probably, but we could be here all day, so I'll just head out. Gotcha. Okay, sounds good. So, Gregrock leaves the shop, and does anyone else want to look at magical weapons or items? Just curious, um, am I still able to wield my massive sword? Definitely not. (laughs) God damn. Give it to me. (laughs) I don't even think you could harness its power. I was just going to throw it in the pit for and say fight f- f- with it. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I need a it's new weapon then soul. if I can't fight with my giant sword there. And Chomper isn't here. Chomper okay. isn't here. Yeah, go up to the shopkeep and say, what do you got for someone of my size? Okay. So the shopkeep looks over and up at eye height, but then looks down towards you. And he says, Master Mousefolk. What kind of weapon do you seek? You know, back when I first started all this anger and stuff, I was using a trident and I was looking to kind of get back into that. A trident? Hmm. I can check and see in my inventory in the back. But can I interest you in an axe, perhaps? Something small and lightweight to wreak havoc on your enemies. Hmm. Do you have have something, like... That's not normal? Like an axe I could throw and it comes back to my hand or something like that? Hmm. A returning weapon. Unfortunately, nothing in my inventory at the moment. But may I interest you in this, he says as he unfurls his fingers and points towards a glass case that houses an an axe, which is a a hand axe, and it is embossed with depictions of wriggling worms. Oh. My axe of maggots, he says, deadly in a close combat fight. When you hit a creature with it, it becomes infested with maggots if they fail a dexterity save, and they deal 1d4 necrotic damage at the start of each round if they go untreated. Alright. You know what, this, this, guy's, this guy's onto something. Say, so, uh, what's, what's this gonna cost me? Hmm. Well, how much money do you have, my friend? Oh god. Don't tell him. That's a trick. Actually, you have a sword of speed? A lost one. <laughs> yeah, just some bastard come and pawn it off here. <laughs> I did not have anyone come in with a weapon uh, similar to the one that you, you speak of. No. Mm. Really? You've never met Darius? And he pulls out a drawing of a stick rat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It'd be, it'd be under 4,000 for sure. Hmm. Hmm. Well, the axe of maggots is unique. Perhaps a little more than your the the amount in your coin purse. Okay. Don't you know how a legendary greatsword to trade? Yeah, if you yeah, have one to help me out. The last the last friend I yeah. helped out to buy a weapon, he died before he could pay me back. <laughs> 
I won't die, I promise. <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Perhaps you um, do have an item yeah. to trade. So I got a, I guess a legendary greatsword here that I'm willing to trade. I, I used to be big and now I'm small, so I can't wield it anymore. So the gentleman extends his hand and then says, may I see it? It's, it's a, a little heavy. He Can says, I get some help? He says, I am sure that I can handle it. Okay. Is this a large fellow? Did you describe him? He is burly and tall. Ah, right. Okay. The, I, I kind of like lean it up against the, the, the counter. Yeah. I can't lift it myself. So he grabs the sword in one hand and begins to pull. Noticing the weight, he takes his second hand and lifts the sword and places it on the counter. It uh, clatters slightly as he does so. You can see him wave his hand over the weapon as he casts Detect Magic upon it, and he says, This is interesting. Something I would love to have in my collection. Okay. It far surpasses the value of the Maggot Axe. Perhaps we should look at something more powerful and more your size. Yeah, absolutely. He bends down and then pulls out from underneath the counter two very unique weapons. They are katars, which are punching daggers. And so they're designed more so for the, the size uh, of a mouse folk and the speed at which you attack. They are black chrome looking upon the handles and the hilts. They actually do have covers for the fists and the knuckles of the individual who holds them. And they are dual bladed. So they have triangular blades, which punch out and forward about nine to 10 inches out and from the, the fists of the individual. So it's designed as a two-handed pair of weapons and he, as he kind of gestures to them and lifts one up very carefully, he turns his hands around and kind of points the hilt of one of the katars towards you to hold. Yeah, sure, I'll try it on. He says, These are the katars of insanity, a pair of punching daggers that have an eye on the bases of their blades. Each eye, oh. as you'll notice, seems to open and close with a changing color of the iris at random. The unique thing about the daggers is not their unique look. It is the fact that when the dagger hits a creature, they must make a sanity check. And on a failed check, the creature's sanity decreases by one. It can impart forms of short-term madness. And if they ever already suffer from short-term madness, or if the fight goes on long, it can result in long-term madness as well. And uh, I guess, what's the damage per strike? The Katars do 2d6 damage when you attack once. Nice. As you can punch forward with both daggers, or hit quickly with one dagger. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is useless to me, so yeah, I'll swap out those. I feel like that'd be a good fighting style to have. Of course. Yes, weaken your enemy in their mind the longer the fight goes on. <laughs> the Katars of Insanity I would sell for 80,000. But your Moonlight Greatsword, in fairness, has a value that is higher. Would you prefer to be paid the sum, or would you prefer to look at other forms of protection or weaponry as well? Oh my god, 80,000. <laughs> it imparts I insanity onto yeah, the people you hit with it. Legendary? Epic? They are epic. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll take that. Just trying to think of, like, I guess, like armor as well, so I might as well take a peek at that stuff and see if there's anything worth it in the store type thing. Armor, absolutely. With your look, my friend, the Rosethorn armor might be proficient for you. It's a beautiful set of armor. As he points to it, 
that acts as a leather armor plus one, but it is made of thorny vines and roses in bloom. And creatures that attack you with normal weapons or unarmed attacks take 2d6 piercing damage. On a short rest, or once every short rest, the wearer can release a burst of thorns in all directions, dealing 3d6 damage to all creatures within 15 feet. I want it. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't care what the cost is. <laughs> this guy doesn't know that. Like, I want both, and I've never wanted anything more in my life. <laughs> <laughs> the Moonlight Greatsword is worth double. I'll swap them even. <laughs> I don't even care. Yeah, just, just take it. It's garbage. <laughs> Guy goes from smelling like rotten eggs and rotten cheese to roses in the span of two hours. My friend, the rose thorn armor is beautiful, and don't allow me to sell it too grandly to you. If you wish to look at other things, I am more than happy to. You know what? I'm done browsing around. I've I've heard enough, and I want the weapon. I want the armor. You're just a beautiful man. I'm glad I ran into you today. <laughs> of course. My name is Ramen Sur. And so if you need anything, refer your friends to me. And there will be something in it for you, too. Absolutely. I mean, you've, you've helped me, and I'm excited to try out this new armor and weapons. The Rose Thorn armor is yours, as are the Katars of Insanity. And a 10,000 gold piece note of mark for you as well. Your great sword will be a fantastic addition to my collection. Yeah, you know, you, you have a... Good, good time unlocking that. You do have to be attuned, but yeah, if you if you ever do get attuned, I'd like to kind of see it in action. So I'll come by in a little bit and see where you're at. Here you are, my friend. He says the Katars of Insanity come in a black ebony box with silver filigree, and the rose thorn armor you can put on if you want to, or it can be packaged nicely for you as well. I'll just have it packaged. So I'll stay in my fancy clothes. Nice. So he also scrawls script, his name, upon a note of mark for you as well, and that is placed inside the box with the Katars of Insanity. Perfect. Fable, I'm going to hand you up 400 experience points for doing some, some dope, dope purchasing of items, my friend. I really like it. It's cool gameplay. Yeah, no. You like to see it. That's great. All right, so Fievel now has his Guitars of Insanity and Rosethorn armor. The Moonlight Greatsword has moved and changed hands to a new and rightful owner. And what is it that everyone would like to do now? Tyson, what are you looking for? Guitars of Insanity on Tyson. <laughs> it has no effect. He's already lost his mind. I'm crazy. Uh, old yeah. man McGucket, local kook. <laughs> I'm old man Sanders. Um, he doesn't get that yet. I know. He hasn't watched it. Yeah, I'm gonna go gonna go into the store as well. Gotta get something nice for your boy. Okay. Well so you were alongside Fievel, I guess, for for that period. So Ramansur looks at you, Tyson McKay, and says, In anything for yourself. My good friend Fievel. I, I recommended me. him to the store, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. And so for you, I sense an air of magic around you, my friend. Staves, wands, and rods, or perhaps something different? I'm actually looking for um, a cloak, maybe. A cloak? Certainly. I can assist with a cloak if you so choose. Did you have any type of magic in mind for this cloak? I want a sparkle. That's my kind of of fucking cloak, come on. (laughs) I'm thinking of some some protection, maybe. Mm. Well... I have this rack of cloaks here, of many different varieties. There is the Hellhound Cloak, the 
Cloak of Elvenkind, Cloak of Protection and Displacement. It's the wolfhound one. Makes it look like an ethereal wolf. All of a sudden, Fievel's got 65 ethereal wolves. <laughs> He's making me fight the googly-eyed one. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow you lost. Damn it. The Cloak of the Hellhound is a dark cloak made of a cursed hellhound hide. As an action, you can command the cloak to transform you into a hellhound for an hour. But you can use a bonus action to revert to your normal form if you so choose. Gosh. Hmm. Hellhound. I'm going to have to start carrying hell biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> is, there, is there one that would just You're provide Tyson. me like, some protection of some sort? Protection and displacement? Of course. The oh. cloak of protection will provide you with that. If you so choose. Sure, it yeah. It gives you an additional point to armor class while you wear it. Okay, is that it? Correct. I do have something which is quite rare. Something I have been unwilling to sell until now, but if cloaks are all you seek, then the cloak of Arachnikaida may assist you in your adventures. Okay, let's hear it. It is a fine garment made of black silk and in interwoven with faint silvery threads. While you wear it, you are resistant to poison damage. You have a climbing speed equal to that of your walking speed. You can move up, down, and across vertical surfaces and upside down along ceilings with your hands free. You can't be caught in webs of any sort, and you can use an action to cast the web spell. This web spell will also fill twice the normal area of the web spell. And once used, it can't be used again until... The next midnight. Say, uh, sure. How much? How much does it cost? The cloak of Arachnicada is very rare and expensive. I could not let it go for less than sixty thousand. Oh my god! How much for that protection one? <laughs> ah, the protection one is considerably less. Fifteen. Didn't you give me that lance? I still or the spear, or whatever. I have that. You can sell it. Oh. The Centurion Spear? Yeah, it wouldn't be a bad trade. There you go. Come ask me for it, champ. You're right beside me. You can have that spear that I gave you. If you say Find no, so help me God. Find your sweepers, There's keepers. There's keepers. There's keepers. I say, oh, I forgot I had it, and I pass it to him. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I uh, place it on the counter. I say, how much for this? So, Ramen Sur passes his long fingers over the centurion spear and closes his eyes for a moment. Upon opening his eyes again, he says, A valuable spear, ancient dwarven make, at least first age. Yes, this would be a relatively fair trade for the cloak. I may require a small recompense in addition. For the... For the protection? Or the arachnia? Arachnicata. Okay, cool, cool, cool. That's what I thought. Uh, Yeah, how much much more would I need to add on? Sweeten the pot. Five thousand. Oh, I can do that. And I slap a note of mark on top of the spear. Wow. Then we have a deal. Be careful with the cloak. It is unique. One of a kind to the extent of my knowledge. I ripped it. <laughs> he pulls it off the counter and tears on the spear. <laughs> it's now two cloaks. <laughs> I'll use the other half. It's got this sweet bat flap. I wonder what I'll do with this. <laughs> <laughs> Tyson, your ass is hanging out. I like the cool okay, breeze. Tyson, you now have the cloak of Arachnicata. Nice. That's a, that's a good buy. You, you'll like that. You, know, just, you just walk up no, walls. I'm spearless. Regular. Oh, no. <laughs> Give him a stick. <laughs> no, I'm not. And for your friend standing outside, 
I notice he is the only one who hasn't looked at my wares. He points towards Dabbledob, who's standing outside, presumably smoking some, some herb. Yes, sir. Hey, druggy, get in here. <laughs> <laughs> Plus 200 experience points. I'll, uh, I'll walk in. Raman Sura bows to you and he says, My gnome friend, all of your companions have purchased items from me or at least looked at my wares. Tell me, is there anything that catches your eye? First, I would like to know how much you would take the Wand of Hydrokinesis for. The Wand of Hydrokinesis, may I? He says as he extends his hand. Yeah, I'll give it to him. Finders keepers! <laughs> <laughs> so, without placing on the table, he casts a spell, detect magic upon the Wand of Hydrokinesis, and says... A wondrous item, and one that would find a great home here in the sands. I would pay 25 for it. Okay, and I'm gonna hand him uh, the underfoot ring. The underfoot ring. A cute name, he says, as he casts Detect Magic on it as well. He says, hmm, to the right buyer this could fetch a price, though perhaps harder to move than other items. I would pay 15, maybe 17. Okay, I'll, uh, I'll take that one back. And then what about the ring of wood? The ring of wood, he says, as he fingers the ring and kind of moves it between his thumb and his forefinger. He says, 5,000, perhaps. Okay, <laughs> I got one more for you. My uh, plus two wand there. The wand of the war mage? Yeah. The wand of the war mage is considerably more expensive than the other items you showed. 35 to the right buyer. If I sell you my two wands, what can you give me for uh, like a rod or a staff or another wand? You also, just so you know, you also have like 40 thou in the bank too. Oh yeah, I know, I know. Okay, yeah, yeah. But I have these two wands and fuck, I'd just like, I'd rather combine them and make something better out of it. My friend, with the variety of items you have to trade, let's condense them into one powerful item that you'll be proud to wield. Please, this way, he says, he says as he walks over to a glass display case which has rods and wands in it, and behind it, up and bolted to the wall, are racks of uh, staffs. Okay, let's look. Hmm, perhaps something for the gnome who finds himself in combat. The Wand of Disarming is thin and silvery, and you have four charges, one d4 of which are, are recovered each day. You can expend a charge to fire a, a ray of green light at a creature using a ranged spell attack, and if it lands, the creature will drop everything they are currently holding. Oh, that's pretty cool. I like that. Okay. Do you got anything that would, like, store spells? Hmm. I do have a ring of spell storing. Not a wand, a stave, or a rod, but this ring can store spells cast into it and hold them while the attuned wearer wears the ring. How many? It can store up to five levels worth of spells at a time. What would you take for that and the disarmament one? The wand? Hmm. The disarmament wand I would sell for 50. The ring of spell storing considerably less at 20,000. Okay, and if I sold you... Both my wands. That's 60. What about a robe of scintillating colors? No, you don't like your robe of scintillating colors anymore, my dude? Because I might get the protection one. The robe of scintillating colors I could do for 20. 
What is the value of the other things? Not what he's selling, what he's trying to buy. What, what's the number he needs to get to? 70 for the two things he mentioned, which is the ring of spell storing and the wand of disarmament. So 85 with the cloak. Yeah, the cloak That's what I'm at right now, so I'm 15. over. You're at 80, yeah. Plus the ring of wood, and you got 85 right there. This is correct. Yeah, let's do that. Straight trades. I like it. The ring of the wood, the wand of the war mage, and the wand of hydrokinesis, please. I'll give it over. My friend, you now have the ring of spell storing, the wand of disarmament, and the cloak of protection. But I don't owe him shit, and he don't owe me shit. Excellent. Well, I have to say, it has been a productive day for me, and I appreciate the business. For sure, for sure, thank you. I'll be back. Yeah. You know what? Take take the rest of the day off and go go have fun with your family, you know? I will. Thank you, my friends. And may the gods watch over you. Was this guy's Talos name again? is our god. Ramen Sur. Ramen Sur. Ramen Soup. Got it. <laughs> Ramen Soup. God. Ramen Soup. Sorry, Stop making fun of my character's names. <laughs> Alright, adventurers, so you all walk out and into the sun, or at least into the, the shaded area under the tenting outside of the Golden Scimitar. A, a fruitful, I think, time spent with Ramen Sur at his shop of wares. For everyone except for Dragrock, I think. Yeah, we didn't buy any fruit, damn it. <laughs> Only vegetables. Okay. Gentlemen, you are an hour, hour and a half into your three hours before you must meet Amara back at the fountain near the entrance of Drime. But this is where we can leave things for today. So, does anyone have any questions, comments, and concerns before we say goodbye? Um, I want to get attacked so that people take damage from my armor. <laughs> I'm assuming you have to attune to it. I start punching him. <laughs> He's not even wearing the armor. <laughs> He's wearing his red <laughs> lordly robes right now. Well, that's it's his He's hitting a noble. <laughs> God, you're far from a noble. Look, the clothes say otherwise, right, pal? Plenty of concerns. What do I get alone? <laughs> this guy's got some good shit. <laughs> How do I become oh. mayor of this place? Uh, there is no mayor. <laughs> How do I become oh. the mayor of this place? So there's a vacancy. It's... Run for office. Yeah, it's yes. like it's like Gondor. Gondor has no king, and then you could be Aragorn. Oh, <laughs> like that. In. He dies though. No, there is the I mean, royal family of Drime. They are a series of lords and ladies. Oh, so I can marry in, is so what you're saying. You can. Strengthen, <laughs> I can strengthen Ryberry with a marriage. I could, I a could union be between pet. our houses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the mayor of Ryberry. Where? <laughs> Ryberry. Never heard of it. All roads well, lead well, there. Well, All we'll flow lead. into Ryberry as never seen before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back, people. You're not our mayor. I just secured a treaty with the people of Drive. Where's Drive? It's gonna be good for you. Just shut up. <laughs> shut, shut your mouth. You guys heard of sand? What sand? Well, they got boatloads. We're shipping some in. All right. So, uh, fuck. Lord, I was gonna say lords and ladies. Oh, <laughs> lords and ladies. Hey. Lords All right. <laughs> My cool cats and kittens. God. 
Okay, guys, if there are no other questions, comments, or concerns, this is a fantastic time to leave it for today. For all of our listeners at home, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Dicey D20. It was fantastically fun bringing it to you guys. Uh, be sure to check out our sponsors, Elderwood Academy and Die Hard Dice at elderwoodacademy.com and dieharddice.com to check out cool tabletop gaming gear and dice sets. This is where we are going to leave it for today. If you want to find out what happens next, where will our heroes go from here? How will the journey be to Sekka? Uh, what other prizes do we have in store in Drime? And where will the eggs be headed? All these questions answered next time on the Dicey D20. This is your DM signing out. Peace out. Oh, I forgot about the eggs. Bye. Oh, God. I forgot about the eggs. We're back in Malvista. Clamlades.